0: the true heart we confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, our maker and redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most, o most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us,
1: and have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us the remission
2: of all our by your Holy Spirit in increasing us through knowledge of you and of your world, and so through obedience to your word, to the end, that by, by your grace we may come to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given His only Son to die for us and for His sake, forgives us all of our sins. For those who believe on his name, he gives the power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, O Lord, unto us all. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who His
2: commandments. Wealth and riches are in His house, and His righteousness and goods forever.
0: Light dawns in the darkness for the upright, He is gracious, merciful, and righteous.
2: It is well
0: whose grace always precedes and follows us. Help us to forsake all trust in earthly gain and to find in you our heavenly treasure. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading appointed for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost is from the prophet Amos, the fifth chapter. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and it devour, with none to quench it for Bethel. O you who turn justice to wormwood, and cast down righteousness to the earth, they hate him. Who reproves in the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor, and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you will not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions, and how great are your sins, you who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe, and turn aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, he who is prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you as you have said. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle reading from the letter to the Hebrews, the third chapter. Take care, brothers, lest there be in you any, lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is cold today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We join together now in the hymn of response to the epistle reading. It's printed for you in your service folder. Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark the 10th chapter.
2: To thee, o Lord.
0: As Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept for my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: Be to thee, o
0: Together now we confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth
3: peace from god our father and from our lord and savior jesus christ our text for today is the gospel reading mark 10 these verses in particular verse 21 and 22 where jesus looked at him the rich young ruler and he loved him one thing you lack he said go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me at this the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. This is our text, dear friends, in Christ. Describing this man whose face fell, scripture says, and who went away sad, there's a contemporary writer who pictured him as being a contemporary man, and here's how he described him, he said he's rich, he has Italian shoes, he has a tailored suit, his money is invested, his plastic is golden, he lives like he flies first class, he's young, he pumps away fatigue at the gym, he slam dunks old age on the court, his belly is flat, his eyes are sharp, his energy is his trademark, his death is an eternity away and he's powerful. If you don't think so, just ask him. You've got questions, he's got answers, you've got problems, he's got solutions you've got dilemmas he's got opinions he knows where he's going and he's going to be there tomorrow he's the new generation so the old had better pick up the pace or pack up their bags he's mastered the three P's prosperity posterity and power after all he's the rich young ruler prestige posterity and power quite a picture, isn't it? It's a picture of so many in our generation too, a snapshot of our own culture and its youth worshipping ways, its power and glory worshipping ways. The rich young man could describe so many in our world and the times I suppose each and every one of us as well you have to ask yourself why is it that a man like this in our text for today would even come to a man like Jesus? how awkward it must have been for him because after all here you have this man who is a prestigious young man between the ages of 24 and 40. how do we know that? because in the Greek there's a unique Greek word that's used to describe this man and that's a word that means a man somewhere between the ages of 20 and 40. And so we know he's a a young man who had obviously been calling all of the shots that he had, whether he had inherited from a, a wealthy parent what he had or he'd made it on his own, he's calling the shots. And he's cruising confidently through life. And now coming to a carpenter's son, a common carpenter's son, can you imagine? How difficult that must have been for him, you would think, so awkward a man perhaps who's even younger than he is, our Lord Jesus, to ask him an extremely important question about life. Men of pedigree, like the rich young ruler, often find it hard to seek the counsel of anyone else, especially if they feel that they've made such progress in their own in life, and then to seek the opinion to seek the guidance, to seek the counsel, to seek the teaching of some country bumpkin like Jesus, a mere carpenter's son, an unsophisticated rube like our Lord, but that's what the rich young man does. And note to his credit he even does it reverently because the text tells us that he ran up to him and he fell on his knees before him. Oh, would that all who profess Christ today would be so bold and so ready to reverently and publicly fall on their knees before him. Someday everyone will. Whatever, this really wasn't the ordinary behavior of, or the standard procedure of this kind of a a rich, young, ruling man but then he wasn't asking an ordinary question either was he He wasn't asking a standard question of Jesus good teacher he asks what must I do to inherit eternal life you know that's a profound question you might have everything there is in the world to have you might have purchased everything you might have all the power and the glory that you want in this life but there ultimately comes that question to every man and woman that he must ask that question that tears away at his soul that you're reluctant often to to ask or to admit that all that he has he finds he's still lacking because he doesn't have any certitude regarding that one important thing eternal life. How much like modern man this rich young ruler was, how much like the many men and women of our day who know themselves and who identify themselves and who define themselves really by everything that they have. They go through life here and now defining themselves by what they possess and in the process they become possessed indeed by their possessions because that's who defines what they are they've given in to what we might call and what others have called the gospel of consumerism buy what you can while you can do it because who you are and what you are and what you will be is all summed up in what you have Sound familiar? Isn't that what drives so much of the world around us even in these economically depressed times it's still depressing for people because they value themselves and they define themselves by what they have rather than who they really are. That's the gospel of consumerism. Someone has put it this way, the old philosopher Descartes' maxim, remember that, cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am, has now, this individual says, been translated and conformed by modern man into I buy, therefore I am. Possessed by their possessions. Just like the the rich young man in our text, they simply can't part with, they can't live without those things which has become their passion and their identity and their gods. So much like the rich young man of our text for today who seemingly had everything and yet desperately he's lacking the most important thing of all eternal life because death ultimately comes to us all and we realize that and even the young at times reflect upon that question and more and more so as you increase in years you ask that question what does come beyond the things that we buy the identity that we have because of our possessions in this world what is beyond that and so he asks what must I do what must I do to inherit eternal life Jesus responds to the question what must I do and he says what special things do you have to do I'll tell you what you've got to do nothing special just obey perfectly all of the commandments of God you want to inherit eternal life you want to earn eternal life then do all of those things obey all of the commandments of God sounds reasonable some get their securities in life by doing it the old fashioned way by earning it certainly this young rich ruler had done that that's how you get the securities of life the world around you by earning it and so also now he translates that into the spiritual domain and he figures that's the way I've got to do it I've got to earn it all right and then Jesus comes and he says yeah that's all you got to do If you're going to get eternal life by doing something then what you have to do is keep the commandments of God perfectly and he lays it right out before us that the law of God might do its work in making us despair of our own works because you cannot help but look at the law of God and know that you haven't, none of us have done it perfectly. A man with any conscience at all with any introspective or self respective sense of mind would have looked at himself, the rich young ruler certainly should have, looked at himself and would say, I have not kept the commandments perfectly, I haven't kept them all. Do You know how many there are, Lord? You know how many commandments there are? Have you read them lately? I've tried honestly, I've, I've tried to keep them perfectly, I've already broken so many of them that I could keep the rest from here to eternity and it wouldn't do me any good. That's what the young man should have seen and that's what the young man should have said if he was honest with himself looking into the face of the law that he'd already broken hundreds of times over but he won't he doesn't confess his sins he won't make any admission of guilt because it's not the natural way for us sinners by birth and by nature to do it us lost and condemned creatures We don't want to acknowledge the innate inability that we have to save ourselves, our total dependence upon another. It doesn't come natural to us. We have a natural aversion, we have an intense dislike of of doing what you did this morning. And the sincerity of your hearts of confessing your sins, of acknowledging your sin unto God, a work worked in you only by the Holy Spirit because otherwise you wouldn't do it. Confession is the farthest thing from man's heart unless it's worked in him by the Spirit of God and certainly that was the case in this young man's mind. He's not about to confess that he had broken the law and so he tries to justify himself on the basis of the laws of God. To put it in contemporary terms, what does he do? He arches his eyebrow, he grabs some paper and pencil And licking its lead, he then asks for a list. Well, tell me what I have to do, Jesus. Tell me what, uh, specifically, which commandments here are we talking about that I have to keep perfectly? And Jesus patiently indulges him. He says, well, what does the law say? Do not murder. Well, of course not, the man thinks. Adultery. Well, not really. Stealing. Well, maybe a little extortion, he thinks to himself, but usually it was justifiable. False testimony, fraud, moving on. Honoring father and mother, well, I really don't see them as often as I'd like. Keep the commandments, he says, and then, as though staggering and swaggering a bit and pulling both thumbs up proudly beneath his suspenders yet the young man says why I have kept all of these things ever since I was a boy can you imagine then what Jesus must have thought within you'd you'd, you'd think that he'd be laughing at this man or crying for this man instead of seeing how short he falls of the laws right demand man for perfection, the man somehow convinces himself that he still stands tall in the presence of God. He's blinder than the bat when it comes to spiritual things, blinder than a bat like all who would imagine that on their own they have some merit that's going to enable them to stand tall before God. And so like a child who comes running into the house and he's standing at the end of a, a trail of mud tracks that he's made across the carpet who denies that he's been out in the rain so also this man stands there with mud tracks all behind him. These I have kept since I was a boy, he says. Did he really believe that? Could he be so unbelievably blind? And so Saint Mark says it beautifully, simply, it's on your bulletin cover, Jesus looked at him and loved him. No merit in his confession Because he was totally wrong on what he wasn't confessing. And yet Jesus looked at him, the guilty, and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said to him. One thing. Go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And that nails the case. Closing his eyes, the man must have heard those words. Go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Oh, no, Lord. Not everything, not everything that I have. Not all, not that, no, Lord. And the man's face fell, and he went away sad, because he had great wealth. He knew the truth of Jesus' diagnosis but he was unable to reach out and take the offered cure, namely Christ himself who then said, come, follow me. The point of it all, the rich young ruler who had everything else in the world that, by which he would identify himself and seeking that, that he needed most eternal life could not gain it on his own. He could not do it on his own. He simply couldn't do it on his own. You know something else? I can't do it on my own, you can't do it on your own either. We simply can't do it. We simply can't do all that needs to be done to get eternal life, we can't begin on that trek. There will always be some sinful part of us too, standing there blocking the way to confession and to absolution and to forgiveness that's granted in our Lord Jesus. Therefore with man, Jesus says, this is impossible. Impossible, he says, he doesn't say, notice he doesn't say improbable, it's improbable that you can gain eternal life on your own, no, he says it is impossible. He doesn't say it's unlikely that you can gain eternal life on your own, it's impossible. He doesn't say it might be tough as if to suggest that some remote possibility exists, no, he says simply with man it is impossible. Impossible. You're not going to swim across the Pacific Ocean, you're not going to go to the moon on the tail of a kite, and you're not going to get eternal life by doing this or by doing that, by doing anything at all, because with man it is impossible. And at hearing this, the disciples, who saw all of this happening, were even more amazed, Scripture says, and they said to each other, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man it's not possible. But not with God. Not with God, he has not with God, for with God all things are possible, even something as humanly impossible as our salvation. And so it's true, as scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for what the law was powerless to do, because we were powerless to do it, Because of the weakness of our flesh, God did, Scripture says. God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of our sinful flesh and offering for our sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order, Scripture says, that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in him. And that's how God did it. And Jesus Christ God did it. God through his son did what we could never ever have done for ourselves. He sent him forth to live perfection for us and then through baptism to apply that perfection and put it on us that we might be the righteous of God. He died the sinner's death for us that we might have every sin we've ever committed paid for. Scripture says he's reconciled all things unto himself, having made peace with us, how through the blood of his son upon the cross, his son who has reconciled you, scripture says, in his fleshly body through death, in order that he might present you unto God, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. He then is your advocate with the father. Because he has made you his own, and in him you can stand there. While we were still helpless, St. Paul says, Christ at the right time died for the ungodly. God demonstrating his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, he says, we're justified by his blood. And we're going to be saved, therefore, from the wrath of God through him, through Christ. God did it. God did it all and God did it all for you and that's why you have all through him and that's who you are in him that's your identity as well as being your destiny all the pardon that you'll ever need for any and all of your sins all yours all the life that you'll ever need to overcome death it's yours all the treasures of heaven where Jesus says neither moth nor rust destroys or thieves can break into steal, it's all yours through Jesus Christ It is all yours but we therefore like the rich young ruler boast before God of anything that we have not at all mark it down mark it well in your minds God has not and God does not save us because of what we've done God saves us simply by his grace and through the work of his son The face of the rich young ruler fell, our text says, and he went away sad. Today, through his word, God lifts your face up so that you can go away glad. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: continued gift of faith, to trust in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, and to flee unto the only God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for eternal life and salvation, who has made himself and salvation available through his means of grace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for Christ's holy people, who daily are tempted to turn from his living voice to the enticements and seductions of false comforts and worldly gods. That we might be kept from falling away let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for the leaders of our nation who govern us and for everyone whom god has placed in vocations and positions of service to benefit society who uphold justice and moral righteousness and enhance the common good we pray and especially today we pray that the almighty god would grant his protection to his baptized son timothy small who leaves tomorrow for Iraq, that he might be kept from harm and returned again in safety of body and soul to his home. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the unemployed and those who face the loss of employment, for the poor and those in any kind of earthly need, that they may receive from the Lord their daily sustenance and acknowledge his loving providence. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who are infirmed, including Paul Duell, Marguerite Helt, and Ralph Chambers, Hugh Ryan, Dick, and Elsie Much, that they may be given patience to bear their infirmities. For Ruth Allfeld, as she continues to rehabilitate. For those who are ill and undergoing treatment or procedure, including Lois Schneider and Ellie Heights, that through the medical teams attending to them and the instruments they would employ, the procedures they undergo would accomplish all you intend for them let us pray to the Lord Lord have mercy for those who mourn and are saddened by the death of loved ones for those that tenderly recall dear ones departed in the faith that they may be comforted by the love and undying and unconquerable promises of Jesus Christ the firstborn from the dead let us pray to the Lord Lord have mercy Lord God of highest mercy and compassion Hear and answer the prayers of your people as you see fit and good for us. Teach us always to ask of you, and you alone, knowing that from your good and gracious hand we, your children, shall receive. For you are God, and there is none besides you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns forever and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father. and merciful God we have again worshiped in your presence and received both the forgiveness of our many sins and the assurance of your love in Jesus Christ we thank you for this undeserved grace and ask you to keep us in faith until we inherit the fullness of our eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.
2: Amen.